The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For a second consecutive week, Manchester United's supposed title rivals do battle between themselves, but the Reds fail to capitalise by dropping points ourselves. Last week, three. This week, just a two. And in between, a poor performance in the UEFA Champions League against Villarreal, but one rescued by the late combination of Cristiano Ronaldo and Jesse Lingard. United are not far off the top of the Premier League. We've recovered from an opening game defeat in the Champions League with an important win and a good result, actually. And yet, questions, doubts groans and sighs. Manchester United are constantly on the precipice between heaven and hell, Solskjaer says, and for fans and pundits, it's between bursting into life and mounting a title challenge and fizzling out of life. What are the answers? What are our thoughts? Well, welcome to Series 7, Episode 8 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast to discuss just that. I'm Harry Robinson and Jack Tate is with me as always. Thanks for joining us. We'll be talking Ole, tactics, Sancho, Ronaldo and much, much more. And Jack, there's always so much to talk about when we lose or drop points, isn't there? And it's always kind of difficult to know where to start. Do you go straight into the meaty big discussion, which a lot of people jump into at full time of should he stay or should he go? Um, or do you try and take the game in isolation? Um, and I think that's what we're going to try and do first, uh, starting with the Everton game itself. It's even in isolation, it's a really poor result, isn't it? Yeah, it is massively. Especially considering where we are in the season, everything that's come before, the fact that Liverpool and Man City are playing this weekend, this was a real opportunity for us to to get over the poor week that we had last week. That we, you know, we said two two wins would sort of recover from that and make it seem like a blip. In the end, we've had a bad performance and we managed to scrape a win, and then a very disappointing draw against Everton. And I think it's not just the results; it's also the fact that it it looks pretty much the same as the last four or five games have. And it does feel like every day is almost Groundhog Day with this team at the moment, that every match looks almost identical to the previous one. And I mean that not in a particularly positive sense. Yeah, it was a massively frustrating game, one that we had complete control of and and we let it slip in ways that were just, to some degree, inexplicable, really, the mistakes that we made. And really, if you take the last half an hour, especially when we were supposedly pushing for a goal, a game we didn't really deserve to win because we, we barely created a thing. Yeah. And we've seen a lot over the last couple of weeks, us kind of just being opened up on the counter-attack. And yeah, you're right. We, we did, we had the game in our hands at half time. This was looking excellent. We'd rotated slightly. We'd, we'd rested Ronaldo and Pogba and Martial had come into the team and, and scored a goal. United were one nil up going top of the league and things looked rosy, but the things fell apart with what you could call a collection of individual mistakes. But when it happens plenty of times, you can no longer kind of view it in that, in that regard. Um, I actually think in the first half, this is probably the best we've played for a while. We were better with the chances we created in terms of getting 
into, we were getting into better positions. We were kind of finding that final moment to get in a good position, but the shots weren't coming at the end of it. Whereas last week we kind of berated the fact that we'd shot too early sometimes or, or shot our frustration from long range when we could have pushed for a better chance. Unfortunately, even if you look at the stats, Everton, looking at the expected goals, Everton did better than us in that regard. And for, especially for, for an injury stricken Everton side without their two first choice strikers, without their first choice right back and plenty of others, it just really was poor. It was kind of, I think I saw someone say this was possession play without the benefits of it, of, of great chance creation and constant pressure on the opposition, but with all the vulnerability of it, of getting hit on the counter-attack. And I think the same was probably true against Villarreal as well. Yeah, it is. And, and you mentioned at the start that, you know, that these are sort of individual mistakes, but when you see them this often, it, it suggests that there's a pattern sort of going on here that's bigger than that. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing. We are, to some degree, just being over and over again done by individual mistakes, you know, against... Everton, it was a combination of Fred getting bullied off the ball by Gray and then Shaw and Fernandez both somehow getting drawn to Ducore instead of uh, one of them going to Mark Townsend as Everton were on the counter-attack. But I think the point is that the the sort of collective is not putting players in a position to succeed. You know, we shouldn't be in a position in the first place where Gray, Ducore and Townsend are streaking through with half of Old Trafford at their at their mercy. You know, the point is that you, you build... A, a way of defending a structure around the way that you defend that doesn't isolate people that often, that doesn't put them in a position where one mistake can all of a sudden make sure it may mean that a team is still on goal. I think that's what we're kind of missing. I'm with you actually. I think the first half was pretty good. I thought the first 15 to 20 minutes, we were excellent. We were moving the ball really, really sharply. The movement was great. We completely dominant in the game. In midfield, we were doing very, very well. Uh, Everton could really barely get into our own half. And then, as the half wore on, it the intensity just dropped a little bit. We obviously ended up getting the Martial goal just before half time, which was a, a very nice goal. But I, I felt that there were some warning signs there in sort of the middle of that first half, and it it felt even at that point a bit like a carbon copy of of West Ham in the league. In that when we played them in, at the uh, London Stadium, in that we started brightly, but for whatever reason the intensity just sort of dropped off, and we and we went through a phase where we just didn't didn't really do much in the game. And it, the same thing happened against West Ham in the league. A similar thing happened against Villarreal too. But I think there's just, defensively in particular, United are a bit perplexing at the moment. Because moment. if you look at all of the underlying stats behind United's defence, in almost every category, we're actually doing very well. We're sort of second behind Man City or maybe uh, third behind Man City and Chelsea, except in big chances conceded where we're near the top of the league. Because we're... We're basically just not conceding much yeah. at all from sort of structured play. But when we do concede chances, they're not half chances from 30 yards out. Yeah. You know, you're one-on-one -on -one with the keeper from 10 yards. And it's a really sort of perplexing thing. I think we're second in the league in terms of shots in the box conceded, which is normally a very good indicator of sort of how leaky you are defensively. Um, and we're only behind Man City in that regard. But big chances create, uh, conceded, we're one of the worst in the league. And it's just... Crazy. It's when we can see chances, it's because they generally happen on the counter attack when teams have so much space to run into, and you know they're very, very good chances that they're likely to yeah, score. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's it, what we can see with our eyes is is backed up with the stats that you say. But also, if you look at the um, XG from the Everton game, Everton's is higher than United's, something like one point three compared to United's, just over one. But um, 
most of theirs, half of it comes from Andros Townsend's goal because it was a, a, a really easy chance. But uh, and what you say about, yeah, it, it's individual mistakes, but the system has to cover for those individual mistakes and errors and, and, and weaknesses. And this is something we've said for a long time, both in attack and defence, a lot of the time in defence, which we spoke about a lot last season. And it's, I think the the arrival of Varane has we expected would allow United to play higher up the pitch. And I think Solskjaer is trying to do that with a higher defensive line and a higher pressing line because he's quicker than Lindelof and Maguire were. On the other hand, we now have fullbacks who push very high up without, and they didn't offer a huge amount against Everton, despite their very high position. We have central midfielders who, in an ideal world, you would have them running on and it was fantastic against Leeds, both Fred and McTominay making these runs forward and uh, carving Leeds open. We didn't see the negative side of it too much against them. We are seeing it now where Fred and McTominay charge forward and, and there's no cover for them. And suddenly you're left in this position where one or two individual mistakes together and bang, that's the other team scoring and United going behind or, or being pegged back or or the equaliser or the winner or whatever. Um, and yeah, it does seem like it, it, it's as if Solskjaer has kind of almost got the final piece of the puzzle to how he wants to play which is a high defensive line, a, a reasonably high uh, pressing line. But United no longer have those great opportunities to counter-attack, which is when we're at our best with the, the forwards that we have. And we're not yet good enough at playing in this way. And so we just keep conceding these massive chances again and again. What did you think of, and we, we can talk a little bit more about the system later when we kind of de-isolate the Everton game, but what do you think about the, the resting of Pogba and Ronaldo? I mean, I was a bit shocked considering that we have an international break coming up. I think to some degree it makes sense because even though United won't be playing, you know, you would expect Ronaldo in particular and probably Pogba to be playing three lots of 90 minutes yeah. over the next two weeks. And so maybe this is sort of the best chance to rest them. I mean, yeah, I, I was I was surprised that Ronaldo in particular was, was rested, but I don't think it was an awful decision. You know, at the end of the day, Cavani is a, a very, very good replacement and I think he he did okay. I thought he was pretty good when he um, when he was on the pitch. I don't think it was a, a great performance. I don't think it was awful. I was more surprised at Martial playing, to be honest, than than Ronaldo being dropped. And I was very shocked that that he came in. But I mean, I, I don't think it was um, I don't think it was a particularly bad decision, even if it was one that shocked me. I, I think it didn't yeah. really have too much of an effect on the game. I think Martial showed us, despite the fact that he got his goal, I think he showed us why he hasn't and probably shouldn't be playing very much for United this season. But yeah, it was, it was slightly shocking to me considering that there is an international break coming up after this yeah. game. Well, it was a great moment for Martial to get that that moment at, at Old Trafford and receive the fan yeah, support and that, that will help his confidence and hopefully his performances if he comes back into the team. I do think, I, I, I quite liked it. Um, I just think uh, we you spoke about kind of the, the speed of United's play. I think that was partly down to the fact Pop and Ronaldo weren't in the team. Um, and it, it, as I said earlier, kind of at, at 60 minutes, things looked very good. We were, or 55, we were one nil up and we played well, if not brilliantly, and, and we could bring Pop and Ronaldo on. And you thought, wow, this is, this is it. Like this is what the squad depth is all about. Um, and, and, and weirdly, I think the substitute who came on with Ronaldo, Jaden Sancho, was was kind of the one player I came away from Old Trafford wanting to talk about because 
He was, he came off the bench, incredible number of chances created, some great moments in it. I think his performance showed that he's going to be a success here and there's no doubt about that. He, he was more aggressive than in his first few games and that was really good. And yeah, it didn't, he didn't, he still hasn't got that moment of a goal or assist, but I thought, yeah, this is, that's it. A little bit more of this, just a, a, a little bit better level, still more improvement to go and we'll go, yeah, that's, that's why we signed him. Yeah, I thought Sancho was, was excellent, to be honest. I thought he was very, very good. Right from the first sort of 10, 20 minutes, I thought there were there were moments where just just times when he, he was on the ball and you could sense, you can tell that there is a player in Sancho, a real player. And I think despite the fact that he hasn't had the best start to life at United, I think you there has been moments in every game, no matter how much he's played, where you can see what the player that he, he was at Dortmund, the player that he can and hopefully will become at United. You know, almost immediately after he came on, he was beating men far more than Martial was when he came on. He created and got into so many good positions for us. His movement is excellent. I thought he was probably the the biggest bright spot from this game. And I thought he was unlucky not to have a a sort of a more of a hand in in creating a goal because I think his play deserved it. Yeah, I thought he was was excellent. He looked the one most likely to make something happen for us. I think it's... It's just a bit strange at the moment because I think Greenwood is playing so well that it's difficult to drop him and he's obviously been playing mainly from the right. But I do think Sancho is is much more effective going from the right. Yeah. I don't think he's quite... The, the the wingers that play best when they they sort of play on their... And the weak flank, if that makes sense. So if you have a right-footed player playing on the left, the players that thrive in that situation are, are wingers who like to come in and they're, they're mainly goal-scoring wingers. You know, the likes of Rashford who... Yeah, the opposite threat is goal scoring not creation whereas Sancho is much more of a creative winger in which case I think him playing on the right makes so much more sense is obviously where he's played most of his uh, football up to this point and I think in that sense it it just would give him so many more options because at the moment he's having to cut inside and the sort of the normal option for wingers when in that case is to look for a shot but that isn't really a huge part of Sancho's game I think you've seen a few times when he has been in a position to to get a shot away it's not his strong suit the problem, though, is that Greenwood is playing so well on the right. You you don't really want to drop Greenwood from that position. We've obviously now got more competition at striker as well, so Greenwood can't really get minutes there. So it's, it's a bit of a conundrum, but I do think there are some positive signs with Sancho. I thought he, he was probably the, the main bright spot in this team on, on Saturday. Yeah, I wanted to talk about his position, to be fair, because I was thinking, obviously, I think we all expect, we said this last week, we all expected him to go on to the right. It was as if we've pursued a player for the right wing for two years and then he's arrived and we've gone... Oh no, we'd rather have him on the left. And that's, I mean, that is, it's mainly weird. And I thought I was trying to work out why he's being used on the left. And you could say Greenwood is, Greenwood being in good form is the argument, but you could play Greenwood on the left. You could play Greenwood up front. You could rest Mason Greenwood. He doesn't have to play every game. Um, And trying to think about, I thought maybe the potential is, (laughs) Sancho cutting back on his right is, is great for creating chances, but it pushes Shaw into this kind of weird forward back position. He's trying to get forward. So leaves the space behind him and that makes United vulnerable, but the space in front isn't there because Sancho doesn't go to the byline, if you say, uh, which he does do on the right, he comes back. And now I think that kind of explains both the weakness, but also the potential there, because when we've seen Luke Shaw at his best, it's not him getting to the byline and cutting it back. He's not that kind of fullback. His best when he, he crosses from deep, but it's, it's normally kind of a first time cross from, say five yards back from the 18 yard line and those deep crosses pay off. And maybe that's what Solskjaer sees Sancho driving forward, getting past players, dragging them with him and then giving it back to Shaw to cross from deep first time. And it's, I thought about it like that and I thought, okay, 
that's logical, but it, it didn't work and it hasn't so far. And I think Sancho's kind of, he's been passed too slowly. He's not been given the ball quick enough. Others people are firing at him to try and get it too quickly. Um, and he, he did well. He did really well with what he was given. I'm excited about him. Um, and maybe this is a nice kind of segue into into rotation. We spoke about Ronaldo and Pogba being rested. But one of the things for Solskjaer going forward with, will, will be team selection. Um, United are underperforming massively. It's another tough autumn for him where we need big results. We've got a lot of games. And Liverpool and City have just drawn... 2-2 and, and taking the example of City, they're, they're kind of two different examples because Liverpool have constantly really kept the same team in their successful periods and when they've got injuries, it's then hampered them. City, on the other hand, are complete opposite and Guardiola, as fantasy players in particular will know, uh, Guardiola takes all the time. You can't have City's best players in your team, De Bruyne, Sterling, Maris, Foden, whoever, because they get rotated constantly. What do you think should... United's strategy beat. We've got a very top-heavy squad with some very talented attacking players, a lot of who play in the same position. I think, on the one hand, sometimes Solskjaer tinkers too much and it doesn't let rhythm build. But on the other hand, perhaps we can't have all of our best players in the team and that's why Pogba and Ronaldo were rested. We couldn't afford to drop or rest good players before in, in the past under Solskjaer because the squad depth was so poor. But now, as with Ronaldo and Pogba, that was okay. I mean, you prioritise the team first and the system first over the players. And if we win and we carry on winning, then the squad will be happy. And that's kind of just the, the natural thing. What do you think about kind of the... I, I don't know, it just seems like we should be... And I think this goes to our, our tactics as well. And hopefully that would rub off on performances and results, but system over players. And I think we're kind of doing the opposite at the moment. Well, firstly, I mean, the, the rotation and the selection headaches is only going to get worse because Rashford is about to come back from injury as well. I think with, with United, there there's a few things happening in terms of this sort of selection and rotation dilemma. So firstly, is, is that our depth is very lopsided in different areas of the pitch. Because you look at our forwards and we have so much depth there, you know, competition to play out wide is, is fierce. If you include Pogba in that, you've then got Pogba, Martial, Greenwood, Sancho and Rashford, you know, five players who you would say in, in most teams in the Premier League would be nailed on starters who are all fighting for two spots in our in our um, team. Then, you know, normally in previous years, we'd have at least one or two of those, probably Martial and Greenwood, who would occasionally get minutes as a number nine as well. That probably isn't going to happen anymore because of Cavani and, and Ronaldo. So I think in the, in the forwards, I think you have to look at rotation to some degree because otherwise you're just not going to get any minutes for some of those other, other players. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I think what we're blessed with in those five forwards is a, a group that have very different skill sets, even though they play in the same position. You know, I mentioned that Sancho is much more of a chance creator. You'd say that Pogba is, is in that category as well. Pogba obviously very different to Sancho in that Sancho creates by getting to the byline. Pogba creates generally by dropping a bit deeper and coming inside. Then you've got Greenwood, Martial, Rashford, who I'd put more in sort of the, the goal scoring wingers category. Greenwood can play on the right. Uh, Sancho can play on the right, the other three more on the left. So I think there you sort of have to go with rotation with Ronaldo probably getting the bulk of the minutes as a striker with Cavani coming in maybe every once every four or five games. And I think that sort of makes sense. Where it gets trickier though is in the defence and midfield because that's an area where the, the depth is a lot is a lot worse. I mean, we are, we've spoken a lot about having McTominay and Fred in midfield and really I think that is one of our only options unless you drop Pogba back there which then obviously has it creates yeah. issues defensively and potentially as well. I think, to be honest, I don't really think that rotation can be a ploy that we go to with any sort of confidence unless we have 
more of a system to, to play around. And I know this would probably sound like broken records because I think I bring up, mention the word system about eight times every podcast. But really that is what allows you to rotate like that. Man City probably have the most rigid structure not that they're a rigid team but they have very very clear roles for each player and so that enables them to rotate that enables Pep Guardiola to do what you're saying Harry and you know bring in players left right and centre and fit them into different positions I don't think that United have the luxury of doing that outside of their wingers and striker and so to be honest unless we do start building more of a a system a coherent system in a way that we play I don't think we can afford to rotate because we've seen what happens when we do and, and what happens if we play even worse yeah. than we are at the moment. I think that's that's the key here, isn't it? We want to see more of a... It's not an identity because I think we know we know how United want to play now, but more, yeah, I, I, I was trying to find a, an alternative to system, but we're going to have to go with it. Um, <laughs> I think, I think it comes- it's almost, uh, the, way I, the way I sort of think about it is that it's almost not fair to the players that are being brought in when we do rotate because they're sort of just being left to sort of play a completely undefined role. And really you want a system to be able to protect those players when they do come in and sort of give them a a clear and and specific sort of niche to fill into. And and they just don't have it, you know? And and I think that means that if you don't have that, you then have to default back to, okay, who's going to have the most quality on the pitch? And inevitably that means it's difficult to rotate. Yeah. I just think, I I think with what you said about the players having different um, qualities, different styles, I think that that's kind of perfect for what United have, which is pretty different styles from game to game against Everton. Now we're going to have a lot of the ball, but against the big teams, we will again, not have a lot of the ball. And so Paul Pogba probably shouldn't play every game, but in certain games, he's going to be absolutely essential. Ronaldo probably shouldn't play every game, but in certain games, he's going to be completely necessary. Um, And we, uh, I think the Everton and Villarreal games are kind of good examples of what's lacking here. both in attack and defence. And it goes back to what we said earlier um, about leaving people exposed because we're kind of, we're putting a lot of bodies forward um, without having that protection there. Um, I I mean, the Everton goal is the best example of it. And we've kind of gone on that already. Um, I just think our positioning when we have the ball is sometimes mental. It leaves us completely exposed if we lose it. And given the type of players in our team of Ronaldo, Pogba, Fred, Fernandez, Greenwood, Sancho, we will lose the ball a lot. We do lose the ball a lot. Um, and so that will happen. Um, it, it, I feel like we need to get onto the, the, the big meaty bit. Um, we're into another autumn where we're going through the same period of, is Ole good enough? He's done a great job on rebuilding the squad, etc. But is he good enough? Can he take the step up? And in the last two times, he's he's lasted and he's improved and we've improved not quick enough, but it has happened. And maybe that'll be the same again, but expectations have risen, rightly so. And so this feels relatively worse. Even on last season, we if you compare the results against the teams we've played last season with this season, we're down on points. We might be in an okay position in the league and Champions League, but expectations have risen and we have a better squad and we're the most stable we've ever been. So all the things that Solskjaer has done right in creating a better squad and a more stable club and a good mood mean that expectations are up and that flatlining is less acceptable and United have to challenge this season and absolutely still can, but have to come out of the international break looking much better and and Ronaldo headed straight down the tunnel because he wants to win the league and that has to rub off on everyone else. But is it, is it a mentality thing, Jack, or is it, 
Is it the system, the magic word? I think it's both. I don't think you can isolate one from the other because I think they're, they're both going wrong. I, I find it difficult to comment too much on sort of the mentality of a team, to be honest, because quite simply, I think it's something that we we attach to things post them happening. And I don't think it often is actually a huge reason for it because it's easy to say this United team is sort of weak defensively, but look at all the late goals we've scored this season. Late goals are generally a sign of a team with a very strong mentality. Look how many comebacks we've made. Again, that's another sign of a team with a strong mentality normally. And so I, I don't feel like I can comment on the mentality side of it without sort of being privy to what's happening in the training group, training ground. I think what I can comment on though is what I'm seeing in terms of the system and and I think that is a huge part of what is letting us down. I, I, I generally like to think that I'm a relatively patient fan. Maybe not in the moment of games, but especially, you know, we normally leave it at least a day before doing these podcasts. And so I feel like by the time, you know, we, we sort of speak, Harry, I, I find myself relatively yeah. considered, I hope. But it is getting seriously frustrating now that Every week, it's the same thing. And I, I tweeted during, yesterday that it generally, genuinely feels like we're just repeating the same performance again and again. I mean, if you take the last sort of four or five games since playing West Ham in the league, so you have West Ham in the league and in the cup, then we had Villa in the league, Villarreal, and then Everton. All five of those matches were almost exactly the same from United. You start well, then you sort of drop in intensity, you come out after half time, maybe start okay, and it ends up with us needing t- towards the end of the game, just basically desperately chasing a goal and looking completely like all over the place. And it basically becomes a toss up between maybe you nick a goal and maybe the other team nicks a goal because we leave ourselves so open during that phase. And it happened even against Everton when we were 1 0 up. I mean, there was just no organization. It, we were just throwing bodies forward. And I, and I don't mean that in terms of like Solskjaer's subs, like bringing um, Fred off, or sorry, McTominay off and, and, Pog, and uh, Sancho on and dropping Pogba deeper. I thought that was fine. Yeah. You know, we should have been going for another goal, but that doesn't mean you just throw complete caution to the wind. And it, it really does just any, any game, it feels like a complete toss up whether United. It's basically what happens first. Do United nick a goal or do we get, or do we lose a goal on the counter-attack? And against Villarreal, we got the goal, even though, especially in the first half, they easily could have scored three or four through Dan Juma. And against Everton, Everton got the goal. Against Villa, Villa got the goal. And, and it's, you know, that kind of where we are. It's, it's just frustrating. It's the same thing every week. And yet it's not the same thing every week about how United attack in terms of uh, bodies. Yeah, maybe, but you don't know. I, I, see, I can't even remember which games are which in terms of our style of play, but for a lot of the time against Everton and Villarreal, it was, we, we were just passing it into the wide areas. We weren't, we weren't making any incisions centrally. And there is, there are good, there are passes that look good. Like when a centre-back steps forward and displays it wide um, and, and the winger can take it. But, there's a great diagram of a football pitch that instead of splitting it into kind of thirds or straight lines, splits it into kind of curved lines. So like relative threat, the relative threat from five yards further forward, but on the wing compared to the middle of the pitch is the same or lesser. That's why certain managers like Mourinho, uh, especially in, in the past, not necessarily United, but Mourinho kind of just allow their opposition teams to play on the wings 
just make sure the ball never comes into the box because the wing is not where the danger is, the centre is. United just kind of pushed it out wide, going from wing to wing, hoping that sometime the opening will come, but never looking for that opening in the middle. And the talent in the United team, the, the ability of the, the but then great if you go first back to the Villa game, stuff. As you're saying, Harry, it changes game to game. If you go back to Villa, we had hardly anything in the wide areas. Everything was in yeah. the middle. Yeah. And this is, this is what makes us think, well, what... There is an identity to this United team, but not a clear idea of how they're going to play every week. And, and that's concerning. And it, it, a lot of people... It feels I like think a surface a lot of, level identity a little bit, right? That like yeah. the surface level is, this is a team that is going to go out there and play attacking football and score goals. But yeah. actually, if you scratch beneath that, the identity of how you go about doing that isn't there. And, 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 and a lot of kind of, not neutral is the wrong word, level-headed or um, on the fence, people United fans have have been tested in their conviction of Solskjaer over the last few days and last four games I think I think for a lot of match going fans as well four consecutive home games in 11 days as the weather has turned cold and the rain has come and the performances just haven't been entertaining the goals haven't been enough the moment of Ronaldo's winner was brilliant at Old Trafford incredible um but other than that, it hasn't been that entertaining. Certainly hasn't been that successful. And people are starting to say, well, why? Look at what you've got. How is this not better? And I think that's completely fair enough. Um, it's absolutely fair to question whether Solskjaer can take this to the next level. It's, it's also fair, as we said last week and the week before, it's also fair to argue the other way. And there's lots of, I mean, some people will say we need new coaching staff and that Solskjaer is a great manager of a club rather than a coach. So update the coaching staff and upgrade it even rather than update. Other people are saying, well, that's it. Let's bite the bullet now and 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 take another manager to try and, and win this title. But who is there? We're asking who can replace Solskjaer and saying we need a proven winner. But only recently we're saying how a proven winner or two of them, Van Aal and Marino, proven winners hadn't worked at United. The problem with those looking for alternatives is we just don't really know what we want. We don't want another Mourinho. We don't want someone like Antonio Conte, I don't think. We no longer need a better version of Solskjaer, someone like, well, what we all thought Mauricio Pochettino was. Tuchel, Klopp and Guardiola are all unavailable, of course. A lot of people are unavailable. Um, and again, on the coaching staff, it's not obvious. Um, it, it seems obvious to upgrade it, but who? It's not for us to know. No one really knows who the best coaches are around the way from managerial appointments. And there's so much nuance to this. And, and the honest answer is, are the majority of people convinced Solskjaer can take it to the next level? I think no. Yeah, I, th- I think basically a, a lot of this sort of comes down to, I don't think you'll find any United fan that actually thinks that Solskjaer is a coach on the level of, you know, Klopp, Tuchel, Guardiola, who are obviously our main sort of rivals at, at this this stage. I think it sort of comes down to, is he a good enough man manager? And is the quality... Yeah at his disposal enough to sort of overcome that. And I, and I think that is still an open question, despite the fact that, you know, we haven't, at the moment anyway, the signs are suggesting that it isn't. I think that is still an open question because I think the nature of playing like this, when you are just sort of reliant on individuals being brilliant, I think that necessarily is going to be quite volatile throughout the season. Yeah. I think sort of the the bigger issue is just that 
again, I, I think under Solskjaer, we've we've all been probably more patient than we would have been with other coaches, partly because of the sentimentality that we have around Solskjaer and partly I think yeah, as a reflection of yeah. and recognition of the fact that this club needed some patience. It, I think we all knew when Mourinho left, this wasn't going to be a, a quick, you know, one to two year turnaround. And I actually think Solskjaer has got us to this point quicker than, than most of us would have ever expected. I think it, it's sort of now down to a feeling of, are we going to have this moment, this opportunity again for, you know, the next five years, especially thinking about Ronaldo in that case, since he was sort of seen as that thing that could pass over the top. And if not, if we don't think this is an opportunity that's going to stay with us for the next four or five years, is it worth keeping Solskjaer if that means that that opportunity potentially goes begging? And, and I don't know the answer to that. Honestly, I really don't. And I, yeah, it, it's a weird one because in my head, I think I, if you, sorry, go on. I, I was just going to say, I think we've, we've kind of outlined what we think and the idea that we're kind of, we are both kind of on the fence, aren't we? Um, we don't know yeah. the answers yet. We, we hope that you can prove us wrong and, 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 and go and win something. We've always said, I think social will get us right on the brink of, I think my hope has always been he'd get us right on the brink of winning a title, pick up a couple of trophies and leave it in a better place for the next person. But he's proved us wrong many times. Got better, got United better. He's a little bit of a victim of his own success because he's done so well rebuilding that now getting a title and, and maybe winning a league cup isn't really enough. Yeah, yeah. Expectations have risen because of what he's done, not because of any other reason. It's not down to anyone else. Expectations have risen at United because of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, not because of the board. Yes, because of certain players, but he he was the one who wanted Bruno Fernandes. He was the one who wanted Jadon Sancho and and did enough to to convince Varane and Ronaldo, etc. Um, but I think we've kind of done our on the fence thing. What what is your position right now on him? Because for me, without the without the very, very obvious alternative, which has sometimes been there in the past for when it went wrong for Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool, Klopp was waiting. And it was like, well, you'd be stupid not to. This is a great opportunity. City always wanted Guardiola. For Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel had just been sacked by PSG. It was again, an opportunity waiting. For United, who is there? Uh, The obvious person isn't there. And so for me, and I, I can't see anyone obvious being becoming available over the next few months. And so for me, and I think Solskjaer deserves this as well, given what he's done. And I want him to go and prove us wrong. For me, my view now is, well, you leave it until the end of the season. And then you know your answer. You're, you're, you know whether he's good enough. And if he hasn't done a proper title challenge and he hasn't gone far in the Champions League, then then the, then the answer is clearer, I think. Um, and then you can maybe, if it's not good enough, you can bid him farewell with a, a incredibly warm reception and say, thank you for everything that's happened. Otherwise you think, oh, well, he's proved us wrong. I, I agree mostly. I think, I definitely don't think it's time to, to get rid of Solskjaer. I really don't. Despite how bad the recent results and performances have been. I think two reasons. One, Solskjaer has earned a lot of rope and I think there is a lot of slack to be given to him for what he's done. Yeah. And also this is only four or five games that we've been through this. You know, let's go back less than a month to when we yeah, beat Newcastle yeah. and everything, you know, we were going to win the, we were going to win the title. That's what it looked like, you know? And again, <laughs> yeah. the fixtures make this feel worse than it is because we've played 
on paper weaker teams but we are still only what one point or two points off the top we're two points off Chelsea and you know that isn't good in considering who we've played but it's not catastrophic the the one part of what you said that I I would sort of push back on is that I don't think it's necessarily end of the season or or nothing I think you yeah. always leave the option open to make a change. I think we're going to learn a lot about this team and about Solskjaer's credentials over the next six weeks or so. Because between, or sort of seven, seven or eight weeks, because between now and the 30th of November in the Premier League, I'm sure everyone already knows this, but just to kind of reiterate, we played Leicester, Liverpool, Spurs, Man City, Watford, Chelsea, Arsenal. You know that they are our next handful of Premier League games, and yeah, you're okay. Learn a lot uh, to, about this to shorten the, that uh, the point, say United lose how many games are there? Seven. Yeah, let's call it seven. Okay, say United lose, lose three, and win four. So there's been a couple of big wins. We've won our games against the smaller teams. I guess it it comes down to style, not results, doesn't it? Because if United get through this with a couple of wins, a couple of defeats, a couple of draws but look better and more reliable and more consistent and you can see something better there, then I think people will stick by him. If we go through these games with a couple of big wins that come down to individual brilliance, but more defeats than victories and there's no discernible system there, then people will go on the other side of the fence and think, no, this this isn't yeah. working. So, yeah, I guess my question to you is style or kind of performances or results. Obviously, it's a bit of both, but... I think I think results are, are, are going to be the most important thing. Listen, we, we've had some games, especially against Man City in the last two or three years, where we have played some of the most god-awful football you could imagine. And it hasn't mattered at all. We've sat, sat on our own box. Man City have had 75, 80% possession. Yeah. But we've managed to get a 1-0 win and no one's cared. And I think it's the same in all these games. I think the style in, in some ways actually becomes more important when you play the sort of less less big matches because that's when you sort of have the less emotional side of it to go out and play the way that you want to. In these games, it's all about results. I think if we come out of this having won more games than we lose and, and having won all of... Because we also play Atalanta twice and Villarreal in that time. If you win all three of those Champions League games... And of those Premier League games, you win four, lose three, or you know, win four, draw one, lose two. I think we're 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 absolutely fine. I think if you get to a point where you're you're losing sort of five or more of those seven games, I think it becomes really difficult for Solskjaer to stay on at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to predict how I'd feel were that to be the situation, and I I just can't at the moment. I'm I'm not thinking about alternatives really that, that Although, does make it harder because you're right there aren't there aren't any obvious alternatives and that of course that yeah, has to I was factor say, into I wonder what my position would be if there was an obvious one I mean look at all you have to do really though is go back a year and a half when was it the end of not last season the season before when Pochettino was out of a job and we were we were both saying that if we had to make the decision or maybe not if we had to make the decision but we would definitely choose Pochettino over Solskjaer Maybe we wouldn't have actually made the change because Solskjaer was, you know, doing okay. Yeah. But we both recognise that Pochettino can take this team further. I think Poch's reputation has probably gone down since then, especially with the start that he's had at, at PSG that hasn't been yeah. great. And I think it it calls into question whether he can get a team over the hump and actually, you know, become great teams rather than taking an average group, basically doing a similar job to what Solskjaer has done at United. I think they both have that same question mark hanging over them. 
Yeah. But to me, if there was an obvious, say, like a Klopp or a Tuchel or a Guardiola available, I think it makes this decision much easier. Maybe not now, but after a few more bad results, you pull the trigger. I think yeah. without that alternative, I, I just don't know how, I don't know how you go about it. And it, and it shouldn't, they, they shouldn't yeah. be separate decisions, in my opinion. They have to be taken together because there's no point downgrading. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's no point getting another Solsa. Exactly. Which is kind of what I think Pochettino was and yeah, is. Exactly. We've we thought that. he was a We've better version of Solsa and, and he's not now. But it makes it tricky because then, like you said before, like we've had, we've had the Mourinho type of manager who was supposed to be that. that yeah, one. that's what I was going to say. We've got short memories. It's not so long ago that we were, we were thinking, why would we ever go down that route again? And I think it is worth remembering. We've been through sticky patches before we've come out the other side and we can't forget those moments. And I don't think we should. Um, and it's tough because now you, you think now that the, the type of manager United need isn't someone to build a squad. It's to take them to that sort of final step. But yeah, we, but we've done that before. And I think we all sort hand, of agreed that that was, I know that, I know that the squad wasn't at a point to take the final step at that stage, but I think there is general agreement that that isn't what United should be doing. Cause it was, it was just toxic. Yeah, but I, I also I, think I, to too. That, again, I, to, to the point, I don't know who the obvious alternative is. But forgetting the alternative, and maybe it would be different if there was one, but do we want that again? I, I, we've lost a couple of games, yeah. But I mean, we've had a great time over the last three years, much better than under Mourinho or Van Aal or Moyes or um, whatever. And we've got it, the fact he's a club legend does make things more exciting. And it, it, it United feels the connection to United is much better than it was. And he's changed the club as a whole for, yeah. for much, much for the better. Um, no, I, I don't think that's do what we want. I, that, that's what I'm saying. I think we, you know, the grass is always green on the other side. And I think that's exactly what we're all experiencing now that this frustration that we have is, I think, completely justified and completely understandable. But take yourself back to two and a half years ago, my frustration with Mourinho and before that Van Hal was, I think, much more than this. And I don't want to go back to something like that. And that's kind of the point that I'm making, that logically you think that the, the type of manager United would need if we were to get rid of Solskjaer would be a Mourinho type, you know, someone who isn't going to build a team for the future, but just let you sort of take that final step and become that trophy winning sort of team, if it, even if it's only for a couple of years. But we've done that. It didn't work. And I think there was... I think most United fans and most people connected with the club agree that that isn't the kind of manager that suits the way United want to operate. And yet, yeah. logically, that does feel like the kind of manager we need. And so, so where, where do you go from there? I, I, I really don't know that there's so few managers in the world that both bring in though, that consistent trophy winning football and that stay at clubs for more than two or three years and that leave the clubs in a good state when they leave. And to, to be honest, the other three title rivals have probably got three of the only four or five of them in the world. Yeah. And so the answer is, as we said last week, Ole do better rather than Ole in or out, shaking all about. Um, we'll wrap Ole things up there. Ole do better Thank you. or else, maybe, is, is what we Whoa. should be saying. In that this isn't, this isn't just, you know, do like whatever you want and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. All right, we'll wrap things up there. Thank you for listening, everyone, and for persisting with my, uh, well, I'm not sure how much they'll come through on the on the episode, but with my sniffles and coldy voice. Um, yeah, thank you for listening and for joining us. If you want to hear more from Jack uh, throughout the week, we will be back for an episode during the international break. But if you want to hear more from Jack throughout the week, you can find him on Twitter at... At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. 
and you can find me at Harry Robinson 64 on the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end there until next week have a great one time to retain some perspective I think goodbye Network.